Hi, it's me Sarah Jane Dice and I'm here to help you as any friend would whether it's to give you a little bit of inspiration or a bit of a boost first thing in the morning a way to help you move forward or maybe even cheer you up if you're having a bad day along with yours truly I'll be bringing along people who have found ways to overcome and people who really inspire it's a guaranteed feel good smoothie for your soul On this episode of the Sarah Jane show I'm speaking to a woman who wears many hats and wears them very elegantly. I'm talking about one of my dear friends Dr. Aditi Govitrikar. She not only plays her characters as an actor incredibly but also excels at all the other roles she plays in her life. A couple of them are as a gynecologist, a certified counselor, a psychologist, a corporate wellness coach, an MC and a model. I did tell you it was a long list. So let's listen to how Aditi has mastered the art of being multifaceted all while keeping societal judgments at bay. Hello. Hi Sarah, how are you? I'm good. I would first like to tell everybody who's listening that I have a deeply personal relationship with Aditi and you know from the very first time I met her until today it's been a couple of years and our relationship has only grown stronger she has been an immense support to me through my journey with my struggles with my mental health and also with just generally being such a wonderful person to look up to not just look up to but also have by my side if that makes sense you know so i just wanted to first say thank you for being there and being that support for me and when i thought about what i wanted to speak with you about i think for me the most obvious thing was the fact that you've really managed to accomplish so much in your life and are continuing to do so and how it's a very old school way of thinking that you choose one thing to do with your life and then you go ahead and do that and you've just squashed that norm completely so i just wanted to want to lead with that which is you know when we're growing up most of us get asked the question of what do you want to be when you grow up and you pick one thing and then you sort of go with that i mean of course you change your mind as you grow older i wanted to be a computer engineer when i was growing up and then when i got older i realized that i wanted to be a graphic designer now lo and behold this is where i am but i feel like you get boxed in at quite a young age and you get sort of fine tuned to doing one thing what was that like for you were you ever told to choose one thing and go with it right firstly it was a pleasure assisting you through your struggle and that's what gives me the purpose of my life right and that's who i am right now to help anybody and everybody who is struggling with their mental issues because when i went through my journey my phase of darkness i didn't realize that there are people out there who i can reach out to and this i speak as a medical doctor even with my medical background i still hesitated or wasn't aware of or didn't realize the importance of having somebody who can facilitate your journey so i did my struggle on my own and when i came out of it i'm like hey this is my struggle there are many others who are going through the same so let me take up something which will enable me empower me to help somebody else and that's how my journey as a psychologist as a counselor as a well-being coach started now coming back to your question wherein i have done so many professions and enjoyed each one of them is that no nobody forced me into thinking in fact my parents encouraged me to think laterally 
So I'm a doctor, my sister's an engineer and my brother's a chef. So my mother used to joke that, you know, typically where I grew up, girls were taught to cook and to look after the homes and like go into home science and, you know, however, in my family, it was completely different. So that's, I think, where it all began where my parents completely encouraged. And as a child, even as I think I remember when I was in junior KG, perhaps I wanted to be a medical doctor. That was my goal. That was my focus. And I worked towards that. And my dad told me that I'm not going to give you a single penny as donation. So if you want to be a doctor, you have to earn your seat. And that's how you will become a doctor. So that was like a positive force in my life to go and get the seat for myself well in third year of course everything changed everything shifted and life had something else in mind for me and I became a Gladrack supermodel and things just started coming my way without me realizing until then I had no idea about dressing up and I didn't have heels and I didn't have makeup so no clue whatsoever about anything then of course I learned the tricks of the trade the war paint etc six years back I kind of came back to square one to say, okay, my brain, I love my brain. I'm in love with brain per se as an organ, right? And use it or lose it is the mantra here. So I said, okay, I felt like I needed intellectual stimulation. So Mm -hmm. which meant that I needed to go back to study. And I chose psychology because, okay, what do I do now? What should I study? So that it kind of you know, brings everything together and psychology was the answer. And that's how it all started. And where changes in profession are concerned, in fact, my TED talk, I speak about it, that when we were asked to choose one thing and stick to one thing, that time the lifespan was very short. Now we live much longer. So to choose a profession when you're not capable of at 16, 17, 18, and then to stick to that profession for your entire life is difficult. So why not? Assess your life at a certain stage when you have achieved certain, you know, milestones in your career of your choice and then choose to do something else and excel in that. So I'm not saying that do this, that and jump from one ship to the other, one boat to the other. No, not like that. But you've got to reassess your life to say, okay, where are you at right now? What are Mm -hmm. your strengths? Can you work Mm -hmm. with your strengths? Right. And that's Mm -hmm. what my talk is about as well. I think that, you know, it's really interesting, everything that you've said, I'm trying to relate it with my life as well. And the fact that I remember when I was growing up, I got asked this by some of my closest friends. They were like, why are you doing things all the time? Like, why do you have to do so many things all the time? And over my now 20 years of experience in the industry and just as a working adult, I have found that for me, it's all about expression, right? Expressing myself in so many different ways. And then, you know, after meeting you also realizing that I, like you, also needed some amount of um, intellectual stimulation. So qualifying myself as a coach, reading more, studying more, et cetera, et cetera. And I just feel like it also just leads to a more wholesome life and a more wholesome personality. So the next thing I wanted to ask you was that, so, you know, everyone says, oh, jack of all trades and master of none, which is a rather unflattering way of saying that you can't be good at many things. And there's been a lot of discussion about this and there continues to be a lot of discussion about this. You know, should you be a master of one thing? I'm not exactly drawn to that version of it. And I'm asking you this question in specific because I feel that you very elegantly and very efficiently perform all your roles. So can you speak into this for me, please? Sure. So I have also asked this question to myself because I enjoy doing different things. However, I also believe in excelling. 
So if I'm doing psychology or if I am going to be a model or an actor or, you know, if I had chosen to continue as a medical professional, I do believe in becoming an expert. So even if I am doing various things, I don't believe in doing a shoddy job. I want yeah. to give it my 100%. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. ultimately, if you think about it, A, you get that satisfaction, the job satisfaction only if you give your 100%. And I yeah. like doing that. So I'm not going to, if I'm here to play a role, right, mm -hmm. I will do a research into it. I will give mm -hmm. it my all. If I am doing a counseling session, I shut off everything else and I'm there for that person 100%. And that's what yeah. I believe in doing. And this, I was helped a lot in getting this clarity or being in the moment in true sense because of my spiritual practice, which as you know, I mean, I'm an ardent fan follower of Vipassana meditation. And that's where I got this clarity that, hey, I can do multiple things, but I cannot be half-hearted into any. I got to give my 100% and I need to be an expert in whatever I'm doing, which is why mm -hmm. I'm continuously upgrading myself where my education is concerned, learning, reading, that's of course my passion. So the message pretty much is that, yes, you can do two three four or ten things but not half-heartedly you got to be an expert because only then the world will pay you otherwise the world is not going to pay you if you're not good at what you're doing I think, you know, first I must share with you that the day we started to schedule the podcast and we had emailed two guests, you and Krishna Kunti. And it was really funny because both of you all mailed back saying, can we do this in 14 days because we're going to Vipassana? Can you believe that? <laughs> both of you all. So I was like, okay, I must be doing something right here if I have two people who are going off to Vipassana at the same time. But I wanted to bring that up and I also want you to speak a little bit more into what do you do and what do you dip into as resources? Sources when it comes to this seemingly end of supply of energy, enthusiasm and the skill to compartmentalize. Because I know that a lot of people out there want to be in the position that someone like yourself is in. But I, I feel that whenever I talk to people like that, they have the ambition, they have the goals, but they're very often running out of energy, drive and don't really know how to time manage. So what do you do? What are your sort of secret tips that you sort of practice? Well, it begins with an intention, right? At the end of the day, if right. you want something bad, then you will move heaven and earth to get it. So that's what it all begins. Now, where intention is concerned, yeah, a lot of people, like you said, have the intention, they have ideas. But mm -hmm. then what they run out of is motivation and inspiration yes. and to keep yes. that thing going. Yes. So there are yeah. various things that one can do. One is, of course, make small post-it notes everywhere and post them so that you know that you are on track. The second yeah. thing which I do personally is I write down my goals in a diary. So every now and then I reassess my life. I go back to seeing, okay, where do I want to go? What do I want to achieve in my life? Of course, every single time I visit my diary, I don't rewrite the entire goals. I just tweak them if need be. So I've made a plan for five years and then I break it down. So I break it down beginning at five years, then I go to three years, then I go to one year and then, you know, smaller steps. Every single morning I wake up and see my diary and that keeps me going. And I ask myself every now and then again, to begin with, you can ask every day, uh, every night rather before you sleep to say, what did I do today to take myself towards the goal that I have set myself to achieve? I do it every once in a while now. So I've stopped the practice of doing it every night. So that is the way I continue doing what I need to do. But the other one, which also helps a lot of people and a lot of my clients I have seen are using it is having an accountable buddy. 
so you get mm. somebody who holds you responsible for mm-hmm. what you're doing now here the trick again is to put a consequence which mm-hmm. is that if you don't do what you've said you will mm-hmm. do every single day and the thing is that you have to be consistent discipline yeah. is the key every single day it can be a very small step but you got to yeah. take one step every single day to reach there yeah yeah so you tell your accountable buddy every week that okay i will be messaging you at so and so time that i have done this whatever your goal is and then if you don't then there's a consequence of paying a certain sum to the accountable buddy and the got sum it. has to be not measly it has to be a substantial sum which will pinch you right the question that people ask me is that oh but what if i lie i said sure you can but who are you lying to yeah excellent question who are you cheating yep who are you cheating you're cheating yourself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then don't have goals don't have intentions don't do what you've said you will do because then you're to begin with you're laying that foundation which is weak and then also get frustrated about not achieving them right because you're exactly. not really committed to wanting to achieve them to begin with yeah yeah and this pretty much i picked yeah. up from vipassana because when i went there the first time they did not check our bags and we are not supposed to take phones or music or writing material reading material nothing right so uh, i asked him i said how come you don't check the bags and that's what they said to me that you know you have left your family you've left the world that you live in to come here for 10 days if you're not yeah. going to give it your all who are you cheating what are you doing here you know then you're that's, not giving it brilliant. your full attention you're not going to get the benefit so that's might as well do it the way it's meant to right and that's yeah, where i yeah. picked this up like if you're lying who are you lying to yeah yeah and perhaps also i think that something that has helped me a lot has also been just to after doing something and perhaps you find that you're not being satisfied is to just ask yourself if that goal is still relevant to you or if you're just chasing after something that may have been relevant to you at one point in your life and isn't anymore um so to reassess also revisit reassess see where you yeah. are see what else you need to add to yeah. your kitty time for a break and time to tell you about the wonderful people who've brought the show to you As you listen to me take you through various ways to be the better version of yourself and work towards better health goals, our partners Nutrova are a homegrown nutrition company that develops evidence-based nutrition products to help you take charge of your health. By delivering the proven benefits of high-grade nutrients in the form of evidence-based supplements, you get to have more control on achieving your personal health goals, whatever they may be. For more details go to nutrova.com that's n u t r o v a.com Now let's head back to chat some more I'm just going to shift gears a little bit now to something that I know you've heard a lot and I know that it's really a sexist thing to say but I don't think a lot of people realize this so I know that you literally get heralded as the beauty with brains and it's sort of a cringeworthy <laughs> statement for me i just want you to to tell us in your opinion what is the 101 of why people shouldn't use this phrase but why shouldn't they i don't have any issue with that because uh, when we talk about beauty i'll tell you my interpretation and i know where you are coming from because yeah. when one says beauty with brain it pretty much implies that it's external beauty but right. what about internal beauty right? right and that's where i come from that if i can think about the whole concept of beauty as not just skin deep and there's nothing wrong with looking yeah. after your external beauty there's nothing yeah. wrong about dressing up or looking good and because that again makes you feel good 
right yeah. when you feel good you look good anyway yeah. so i don't look at beauty with brains just as an external kind of beauty yeah but i'm like yeah okay fine if if that is the thing then that is the thing i'm okay with yeah. that I yeah. don't have problems with labels because I don't define myself with labels anyway. But yeah. if somebody wishes to give me that label, so be it. It's their perception. Yeah. And I got to understand that. Yeah. 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 I think that also I must say that perhaps you have a more compassionate understanding towards that sort of labeling because of how much you've done work on yourself within yourself and the kind of academically how you sort of sound the fact that you're a psychologist i think for me i find it to be a sort of a sexist statement because in the way that it's used and when it's been used with me always is that oh you're a woman you're beautiful and you're intelligent it's almost like a question mark like either you can be either or and i somehow do not appreciate that and i don't think that one should have to have a bearing on the other at all like i remember when i was in during my miss india pageant there was the girl who won miss india earth pooja chitkopekar and she was a cosmetic surgeon and she's a stunning stunning girl and every time she would sort of open her mouth to share this journey about or this part of her life she would always get this statement like oh you're beautiful and you're a doctor as well but it was never a i have to say it was never a positive statement it was always a critical judgmental statement but thank you for your perspective on it and i think that perhaps we all need to be a little bit more compassionate because we perhaps have all become a little bit overtly sensitive as well to tags and labels and sort of moving on from there what i wanted to ask you is have you had any experiences where people or judgments or assumptions of being an actor model and doctor have people questioned you for sort of being both and have questioned your perhaps your capabilities or your proficiency at both professions yeah yeah all the time i mean i get questions like oh you're a real doctor you mean like <laughs> what human beings doctor so i'm like uh, well firstly i don't know what a fake doctor or a quack i mean why would i call myself that no 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 what we mean is phd so i said yeah phd is also a real doctor you know i mean they are not practicing medicine however they have a doctorate in something so yeah i mean these kind of things earlier it used to bother me a lot what did you do and bothered you and did it cause any self doubt the external judgments and how did you snap out of that well judgments still exist right and right. even as we speak there are people or even people who are listening to the podcast for example will have their yeah. thoughts they yeah. will have their judgments because yeah. having a non judgmental attitude is something that you really need to develop mm-hmm. because most of us are judgmental mm-hmm. you and i are too it's only when you become aware of this fact that yes we are judgmental and we mm-hmm. do categorize people then we can work on it and secondly there's nothing wrong in being judgmental as long as it's not hurtful or harmful or malicious to give you an example why being judgmental is useful for our brain is because it helps our brain to function so we use our information that is stored and we analyze a situation so suppose i see a lady wearing a khadi sari with a jhola right like a jute bag automatically a thought comes that oh she's a journalist i was just going to say social worker <laughs> i'm so judgmental i'm like yes journalist you sound like a journalist right 
But what happens is it's called heuristics. So our brain is kind of not working towards analyzing every single time, every single moment. When I see an apple, I know it's an apple. I'm not being judgmental. I'm not going into, oh, this is a fruit. Let me see what it is. Right. It's a judgment that, okay, right. so having judgment is not bad at all. Right. Or being judgmental is not bad. It's right. when it has a negative connotation is when it becomes bad. That, oh, if you're good looking, you cannot have brains. Right. How do you have brains? Yep. That yep. is not a good thing. Yeah. But then again, it doesn't bother me anymore because it is your perception. It is your thought process. Yes. Why should I feel bad about it? I can yep. correct it. Yep. And if you choose to accept it, great. If you don't, then that's again your call. You know, I'm nobody to live your life or live your journey. I can only yep. help in yep. helping you yep. get there. Yeah. But Aditi, just before you go, as somebody who has who had such an amazing journey from you know, being a qualified doctor to having children at quite a young age, right? You were quite young when you had kids. Yes. Um, you were married. Yes. You did get a divorce. You went against your parents to marry the man who you did. And then that didn't work out. And then you've, you know, I'm not saying that that defined your life, but surely it must have been a challenging time. You moved on from that. You flourished and had multiple careers and are continuing to do so and continuing to study and continuing to act and help people like myself. I want to know from you if you could advise any any small bits of advice that you could give people out there who are looking to sort of be true to themselves, not box themselves in and really feel like anything is possible. What would you say? Nobody should be boxed unless one chooses to. Mm. I might choose a box and I can be very comfortable in my box. Yeah. And then that's fine too. Yeah. Right. But if I am put into a box forcefully, I'm not going to be happy there. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, of course, speaking metaphorically here, yeah. but that's what everybody needs to realize yeah. that it is your journey. And if somebody else chooses a certain journey, you've got to respect it. So mm-hmm. your spouse wants to do a certain thing in life. You got to support it. You got to support each other's dreams. And this is yeah. applicable to both. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're saying and I think exactly like you. I don't think it's just about addressing the women. I think it's just about addressing humanity. But it's unfortunate that I do meet more women than men who are stifled by the expectations that society puts on them and, you know, and then boxes them. And you've sort of really, you've really broken out of seemingly all of them and you've done it well. And like I said, my most favorite word when I think of you is elegantly. You've just done it so in such an (laughs) elegant, dignified way. And I just want for people out there to hear this episode and know that it's possible for them. So thank you. Thank you very much for everything that you've done and for, I'm sure, mostly unintentionally creating such an impact on the world and intentionally as well. But uh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. That conversation with Aditi really gave me a glimpse into what it's like to really be a Jane of all trades and to do it all in a sustainable, healthy way at that. I also learned the importance of being consistent, how having an accountability partner can do wonders and got some really practical advice to maintain a list of goals that I can revisit at any time to know if I'm on the right path. So go ahead and check out our show notes to see where you can follow Aditi's journey. And for more feel-good vibes, head to Figoco. That's F-E-G-O-C-O on Instagram. Mm-hmm.